Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome to Vicarious Living. What's going on, Brian? Hello, Pat. Hello to you. We did yet another episode of Beverly Hills 90210 tonight. Did you enjoy it? Yes, I enjoyed it thoroughly because I enjoy all teen drama. You know that about me. <laughs> what episode number was this? I know we're skipping around. We're doing like four on this first season. Episode 13, Slumber Party. And we also, we just dabbled in an episode with Brandon's mom and dad dealing with a lot of relationship drama. Yeah, honestly, that was kind of a lark at the end of our night tonight. So we'll, pro- we'll probably end up touching on that way more than we planned. I, I, we probably should because um, this episode 13, Slumber Party. So again, for context, in any... Beverly Hills episode ranking list that I saw this along with the one we did last time were like one and two on season one episodes falling into the total 10 season top 10 list right so this one is about again I think what they do on these lists is they just put the most emotionally deep episodes whichever episode had the most emotional music cues (laughs) i will get to that in a big way later but let's kick it off right let's do some housekeeping first i'll give it this time contact vicarious living pod at gmail.com that's how you get at us on not snail mail and then if you want to get at us on instagram for any of the swag you go to vicarious living podcast on instagram slide in tell us what you think tell us what you like tell us what you don't like um our gmail account you know i don't know how many gigs they give you but we got room left. So. We, got, we got plenty of room. Come right? on in. Inbox is you, warm. They give you like, a, yeah, like maybe what? Is it close to 100 or like 15 gigs yeah, or 100? We, yeah. We're, I mean, we're, <laughs> we got some space. Either way, we got plenty of space for Come the kids on. for the kids to drop a fucking Gmail our way. Um, so we did get, we got a Gmail and then had some interaction with michelle h for some potential swag for the holiday season love it because we got christmas coming up dude perfect time for the kids to hop into our dms just like michelle did for some of that stocking stuffer stocking stuffer swag you put some of the swag under the christmas tree moms love it daughters love it sons love it husbands Mm -hmm. love it dads love it everyone loves it Michelle reached out and totally said that she wanted to get some swag for her sister. Did you close on the deal? I didn't. No. 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 I didn't close. <laughs> like I did. You seem like a closer to me. What's that line? What's that line from um, Glen Gary, Glen Ross? Mm-hmm. Without coffees for closers only. Coffees for closers only. <laughs> you think I'm fucking with you? I'm getting no coffee. No coffee. No coffee because I did no close. Uh, she was on the line. The fish was on the line on buying some swag. I laid out all the options. I felt like I was pushy, but not too pushy, mm-hmm. you know? And then, yeah, she just totally didn't convert. And I guess her sister is just not going to get that swag for Christmas. Wow. Well, if you want to send in the heavy hitters, just, uh, I'll give her a call. I'll make sure we close that deal. Uh, yeah. Should I maybe just email her your business contact information? Yes, please do. Okay. And just for the kids, what is your work email? Um, it is <laughs> Patrick <laughs> underscore Big Dick at BD.com. <laughs> and everybody knows what that stands for. Okay. So, premise tonight ladies are having a slumber party. Things are going to get wild. And by sure. wild, I mean if ladies are having a slumber party, what that basically means is they are going to bring a ringer in who is not friends with the girls, and then they are going to set up some weird fucking game that I don't understand why it always gets played at these high school teen parties, which right. is like a some version of Never Have I Ever or what do they call it? Uh, they call it Skeleton in the Closet. Yeah. 
By the it, way, if if this podcast doesn't ruin my political career and I somehow get elected to uh, an office, yeah, this is going to be my first order of business to outlaw any of these games. Right. So these games, can we say that they are slowly working their way up our teen trope totem pole? Yeah. Damn, I One just thought of that on the should... spot. I didn't even write that down. Teen trope totem pole. The from triple now TM. On, yeah, from now on. Wait. <laughs> from now Triple on, TP. dude, the teen trope totem pole is what we're fucking going with for these bullshit. Never have I ever, never, ever, ever. Games. Put them on there, right? With a teen fashion show. Teen fashion show. Body of water. Bo- uh, the town needs to be close to a body of water, and or the the show needs to be named after that body of water. Other side of the tracks. Other side of the tracks. Core four. Core four characters. Uh, there's always storylines of want, which you can't have. The grass is always greener on the other side. Rich people being really shitty to those kids from the other side of the tracks. Parents getting in the mix. Acting way too immature for their fucking age. Mm-hmm. A la Sandy Cohen and Kirsten Cohen. Yeah, I mean, a... the, we'll, we'll touch on this, but I feel like Trouble in Paradise with the mature parents is definitely working its way onto our list let's just get into that first because honestly yeah, let's just get it out that episode happened before the slumber party so we should i mean hindsight's 2020 we're look forward guys both of us oh uh, yeah but yeah. we probably should have just watched that episode because it seemed way juicier we should have um but it wasn't on the ringers like top 100 episodes of all time so we didn't but yeah so a la what we were mentioning about drama with the adults, back, speaking back to like Kirsten Cohen and Sandy Cohen going to a fucking swingers party, is yeah. that being the solution to getting them out of their marriage rut? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Coach T and Mrs. Coach T, I feel like, had at least a moment with this stuff. Yeah. Didn't they? Uh, I think, I don't know if it was, there was another person involved, but it was like a lot of him being a college coach. That kind of yeah, like theirs was the more realistic. Again, yeah, Friday Night Lights, exactly. just, they made it more realistic of like she's got a kid at home and she's trying to like, she's balancing that with him being away and like all their day-to-day struggles that every couple deals with, they nailed those. They didn't need to like go to some swingers party to realize like, oh, maybe that's not the answer. Maybe, but yeah. So explain the uh, situation, the dynamic in Beverly Hills that's going on with uh, the mom, so Brenda's mom. Mom, who ironically enough, we were giving her a hard time last episode for being too boring. Mm-hmm. I think we just depicted her as she's always got a like a dish towel slung over her shoulder, and she like we only see her in the kitchen. We pulled out our woke police badges. We did. We don't like doing that. We rarely do it. But when a situation is a calling for it. We'll pull them out. We'll pull them out and we'll pin you up against our woke police car. Yeah. Pat you down mm-hmm. and shove you headfirst into the back seat. But just as quickly as we shove you in the back seat, we're shoving those badges back into our pockets because being woke is our worst nightmare. Yeah. And we might plant drugs on you. We'll plant drugs on you. We'll totally forget that you're in the back seat of the car and then we'll take some of those drugs ourselves and smoke them. Yeah. <laughs> and shove them up our buttholes. Anyways, uh, so this boring mom, I we were kind of fast forwarding through the whole thing, so I don't really fully know what her relationship with this guy was, but he was like this kind of photographer artist guy that she seemingly had a past with. Yeah, it, uh, the what I gathered is this guy is like 1990 version of like woke hipster but he's like 50 mm-hmm. and he's like a photographer. He's living in like a, he's not living in a apartment. He's living in like a flat or a loft, mm-hmm. you know, something woke and cool. And he, my impression was that guy and her current husband, the guy who plays the electric piano, like a total idiot. I feel like they battled for her back in the day. And then mm-hmm. she went with the safe choice who became her husband. Yep. And so now the mom and the husband are like in some marriage rut. And so this guy is like doing what all fucking D bag dudes do. It's just like, I notice a fucking kink in the armor. Is that it? Kink in the armor chain? Uh, no, not kink in the armor. Kinks are in hoses. Chink Uh, in the armor. Chink. What? Okay. Back up. He does what all guys, which I love do, which is he notices a chink in the armor and, 
which is like, oh, fucking that gazelle has been, uh, they've been hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that gazelle's been hurt. Uh-huh. They're fucking struggling in, in the fucking grasslands. Mm-hmm. And right before the lion comes up to kill it, I'm going to move my way in and kill it myself. And that's what this guy's doing. And uh, he's just trying to get some free pussy. Yeah. I mean, can you blame the guy? I mean, sure, she's got a husband and a family with kids. Yeah, he's ruining an entire family. But But he's an artist, dude. Dude. Life's supposed to be messy, you know? When you see that injured gazelle in the marsh like that. Instinct takes over. Instinct takes over. You rush over and fuck it before the lion can come in and eat it. Mm-hmm. That's science. And that's that's geography channel 101. Yeah. No, not geography. <laughs> Wait, what, what is Discovery that? Discovery channel. channel 101. Okay, so, yeah. Well, anything else from that? I, I thought it was wild. I actually, I did not like the mom very much, but then I watched that episode. And just to recap, she has an emotional cheat with this guy Mm -hmm. she's emotionally fucking the shit out of him for 47 straight minutes oh she oh she's emotionally getting sweaty in the backseat of a car with this guy emotionally right and then she's doing a lot of what i always think is so hilarious which is she goes over to his apartment just to tell him that she doesn't want to get with him and it's like (laughs) okay (laughs) In my opinion, actions here speak in a little louder. <laughs> you could have called. You could have fucking sent a fax. It's 1990. You could have you could have got on AOL and Anything. maybe sent me an email on AOL. But it'd, it'd be like me deciding I wanted to go on like a little health kick. And first order business is to drive to Kroger's, buy three bags of Doritos, yeah. bring them home, and then right. just throw them away. And then not fuck them. Well, I'll still fuck the bag. <laughs> I'll fuck the bag. Yeah, so I was like, Mom, why are you physically over there if you're not trying to at least give this guy a pee-pee touch? It's 92. Send him a fax. Yeah, send the fax, bitch. So she goes over there. They obviously make out again. And they they made out like three or four times. If I'm the guy, I'm just so confused on the mixed signals. Like, look, lady, um... Yes, we both agree we're emotionally cheating, but like I feel like it's physically on. So like, what's up? You've shown here, you've shown up to my apartment in person. You have made out with me like three times. Where's all the wiener touching? Yeah, like, are we ruining your kids' lives or what? Let's yeah, see are this. we doing this? Are we uprooting these Wasting kids' lives? Time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyways, I think they ended up finding the error in their ways, and she just got back together with the husband. And guess who just like didn't really care that much when she came back. Everybody, everyone, which was <laughs> like weird. I, that honestly, to me, if I could have one big learning from Beverly Hills 90210 so far, it's that they really, I know we talked about this last time, but they tie up every fucking storyline. They start it and end it in the course of 42 minute episodes. Yeah. Nothing lingers. It's like a procedural. It's like an episode of law and order. It's so the weird. The bad guy goes to jail at the end. It's so weird because I'm just, I, I'm like, okay, so the husband's just not going to be mad about this after like 48 hours? Like just water under the bridge? I wonder if they stretch these storylines out in the later season because it kind of does make some of the episodes seem like an after school special. It's too abbreviated too. It's way too quick. We'll get into it in this podcast about the slumber party, but in, in the slumber party, all the girls are doing these deep dives and getting super pissed off at each other. And then over the course of 37 and a half seconds, do a complete 180 and just forgive everyone. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's it's not how it happens in real life. You don't have these big blow up arguments and then it's all water under the bridge at the drop of a hat. It, it doesn't go like that. So to me, I know this is the first teen drama like ever on TV. So they were figuring all these kinks out, especially in the early seasons. But that, I think that would have been my note if I was a executive producer. It's like, hey, hey, kids, hey, Aaron Spelling, let the stories breathe, my man. Let them breathe. Um, okay, anything else on that? I think that's all I had. Okay, let's get into the slumber party. I'll wait for you to stop exploding <laughs> right. that white noise in the background. Jackets off. Okay, um, I'm ready. Let's go to some dudes. We've been... Here's the thing is, 
we did a whole lady episode last time. Right. And this whole slumber party episode was, it was 90% the ladies. But I'm going to force some dude storylines in here. Yeah, the last episode we saw with the uh, drunk cocaine addict mom just didn't really have a B storyline. So we focused on them pretty much the whole time. This one does. And the B storyline is our boys Steve and Brandon having a guy's night. Guys night, because the ladies are having a, a slumber party. Real quick, what is all the taboo about slumber party? Because there's this whole thing of like the ladies don't want to call it a slumber party. They want to call it, quote unquote, a female bonding night. Also, the term women's conference was thrown around a little bit. I feel like, they, like they're just self-conscious about being in high school and having a sleepover. Like it's, it wasn't a cool thing to do because they're so kind of into doing cool shit. It's so funny how when you're in high school, you're trying to be older so fast. Like you want, if you're a sophomore, you want to be a senior so bad. If you're a senior, you want to be in college so bad. And like, then it shifts Uh and you get to our age. Yeah. And And you start always fucking tired and always tired, having to go to work, always wishing you were younger and you fucking at the age of 30 start a podcast called Vicarious Living where you vicariously through the teens. A couple of podcasters guilty as charged sitting in this studio. Hey, two podcasters sitting here in this podcast studio. So, um, yeah, I just wrote down first and foremost, I knew it right when they set this episode up for a slumber party. Hijinks was going to ensue. Mm-hmm. I knew it. It starts out with a scene that I wrote down was about three minutes too long, where they're uh, just oh my god, the dancing scene on dance, yeah. So it's like that exactly, yeah. What the sound you just made, I assume, came from your gut, from deep in your stomach. Oh yeah, because that's exactly what it did to me. My stomach hurt so bad when I was watching those girls dance and. Them dancing was bad enough. Well, you know what? Let's just pipe a little music in while we describe this dancing. This is the music they're listening to. Classic, very 80s, 90s type of music. Um, at some point of them dancing to this, the mom comes in, who... We fucking hate now. At this point, we do. We yeah. hate her. And she comes in and starts dancing with these teens. And she's doing, like, 60s dancing. Mm-hmm. With the teens doing cool, hot 90s dancing. Mm-hmm. It was a tough watch. Nothing that I've ever seen on TV has seemed as forced as this dancing. Like, in my mind, their call time for the scene was, like, 6.30 a.m. <laughs> and everybody's just like, ah. And then it's like, all right, we're dancing in the scene. All right, everybody, turn it up. We're dancing. Turn up. Yeah, I probably swallowed my own vomit that I threw up in my mouth at least 14 times while I was watching this mom dance with these teens. Mm-hmm. If you're a mom, just bounce. Like, it's not it's not your time to shine, you know? Yeah. Just get out of there. It's not for you. Um, okay, we, we said... Let, Let's pause though. Let's go to Brandon first because we just we said we weren't going to talk about ladies whole time. Then we All right, let's just hop back in and out. Okay, well, like the let's go back. Ahead. I like that. We'll go back and forth. So Brandon, first thing I noticed about him. Let's go back to some fashion. First and foremost, his hair quaff. Have you noticed the transition? Mm-hmm. It's been very Ryan Atwood esque. About lest we forget, Ryan Atwood started out kind of had like a clean, you know. Um, High and tight, brushed it over this over to the side. Just your classic dude, like crew cut situation. Is that crew cut? No. When it's brushed to the side, like mine, but on not steroids. I don't know what that. I don't know. I only I, know. I only know like three guy haircut names. Okay, so it's just that classic guy haircut that's like you know short on the sides and then it's a little longer on the top and you just kind of brush it over. Brushes to the side. So Ryan Outwood started out with that haircut, and then by like episode twelve of season one, we guessed that the makeup and um, the hair ladies on the set of the OC had to spend no less than eight hours and seventy-five minutes 
fucking gelling each individual strand going jutting out in a different direction in 2003 and so i feel the same way about brandon's hair at this point his hair is defying gravity but it's like it's it's cool as fuck it looks sweet yeah but it's like a it's like there's no part really there's just kind of a front wave yeah that like gets about four and a half inches of height and then comes over to the side and then it dies yeah just like yeah. over to this yeah it's like my you see my hair has got like that same height except it doesn't die his like has that height and then it's like they gel it down to die on top yeah, it's like where's that hair going it's like falling off a cliff um needless to say and then on the other side it's slicked back because 90s guy hair you didn't buzz the sides with the long top you just it was the same length but you slicked it back you know what uh you're gonna have to invest in if you want that hair a comb blow dryer and a blow dryer you need a blow dryer to get that look yeah you need stuff Mm -hmm. i use no stuff you need stuff yeah yeah um i to get that hair me personally i would have to invest in a wig (laughs) (laughs) first official spit take on the pod do i win the prize just thinking about you you wearing a wig (laughs) damn it all over my fucking nose on the new mics dude come on damn it yeah by the way, the sound is so crisp because these mics are new as fuck. Blue Yeti Sparks in a Focusrite condenser mixer. No big deal. Shout out. Shout, Shout out, out Focusrite. Shout out Blue Yeti. Sponsored. Hashtag. Hashtag sponsored. All right, you settled in? No. <laughs> Not on the fucking equipment, dude. <laughs> I got fucking crown and coke zero <laughs> caffeine free on my fucking shit, dude. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, Brandon's hair. Yeah. Yeah, so for you, um, definitely, you'd have to invest in a Um, Okay, yes, his quaff is out of control, but it's totally hot. Love it. The other things I was thinking about with fashion, I I just cannot reiterate this enough, kids, when you go back and watch this. I was not aware that there was no way to physically wear outfits in 1990 that you didn't tuck your shirt in to whatever pants you were wearing. Everything's tucked in. Everything is tucked. Like, everything is tucked. You know what's also weird about this time with the tuck-in is um, the thin belt. So it's like... Not only is his shirt tucked in, but the belt is so thin that you see Gene poking out above yeah. the belt. I know. And it's just the the whole the whole thing. The whole little, ensemble. It's tough. It's a little jarring. Let me say one thing that I do like in from the nineties that I think is it might be slowly making a comeback and I think it might only be making a comeback right now, like in LA on the West Coast. So but the waves coming our way? I think in it's about gonna, three years. It's gonna come. So we might we might want to just do what we did with V-necks and just make it happen in the Midwest now while it's cool in okay. L.A. Okay. And then we'll kind of be ahead of the trend here in Cincinnati, Ohio. But it's the fucking tees with the rolled up sleeves. Oh, I uh, I dabbled this summer. I don't know if you noticed. No. I don't know if there's any photographic evidence, but I'm all yeah. about it. I'd like that. Yeah. I, he, Brandon was wearing that look with, I didn't like this aspect of it. He had the jeans with the full tucked in t-shirt <laughs> to the jeans with the weird belt, rolled up sleeve t-shirt, which I did like, didn't like that it was tucked in, but then a vest over top of it unbuttoned. Should we bring vests back? Is that the question you're asking? Because I'm all for it. Fun fact, I wore a vest at my wedding in a suit and wearing a vest in a suit, I am a proponent of. What about me wearing a suede vest like Brandon had on? Like while we podcast? Yeah. I would like that. Okay. Okay, last thing on Brandon. Is Brandon over the height of 5'2"? It's tough to say. Um, This episode, he was wearing cowboy boots, which were giving him probably an extra inch and a half boost. (laughs) And he still is always always the shortest person on screen. But he's, he's not short like he's just a little shorter than the other people. He is like, he looks like... You ever see that Matt Damon movie 
that recent one he did. <laughs> oh, dude, I actually <laughs> struck him down. I watched half of that and got, it just like depressed me. I don't know why. What is that called? Um, sm- downsizing. Downsized. Downsizing, downsizing, something like something, that. Yeah. He looks like a downsized guy. Like it looks like the CGI was way better in the 90s than it actually was. And they just took his like five, ten frame and just downsized his body down to like five, one and then superimposed it onto the screen in post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Giving more credence to my theory that he looks like Elijah Wood from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Brandon the Hobbit. Yeah. Yeah. Except he is so much hotter. I, I That's true. I will say, like, I know Brandon's like 5'1", and even with the, the high heel boots that he wears, it doesn't get him over 5'3", but his face is hot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not taking anything. Hot guy. Him. I mean, I think it was, again, one of those situations where, like, I started out, I wasn't totally sure, and then you said it, and then intern Whitney gushed over mm-hmm. him relentlessly, and then I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> boner alert. <laughs> <laughs> I was talked into a boner pretty hard. <laughs> um, okay, should we get, should we now, anything else, should we jump back to the ladies? I mean, yeah, let's jump back to the ladies. All we need to know to set up uh, the Stephen Brand storyline is they basically, they go to a St. Vincent de Paul or a Goodwill, pick out their outfits, and then they hit the club. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're going to floodlights for the evening. Yeah. Big LA club. So we'll leave them while they're getting ready to go to the club, and we'll go to the ladies, and let's play a clip of they bring this ringer girl in. This is a trope, like we said, that we know and love. Well, we don't love it, but we know it. They bring You bring someone in, a ringer, who's not really friends with the cast, and it forces everyone to play a game like Never Have I Ever, where everyone just refuses to ever lie. Also confuses me. But you do this game where everyone's got to essentially tell their deepest, darkest secrets. So let's play a clip of this girl, this ringer, Amanda, describing this game she wants to play. Here it is. Okay, everyone. I've got a game if you're up for it. What? Skeletons in the closet. What is it? Well, everyone sits in a circle, and the person in the middle has to answer all our questions as honestly as possible. What kinds of questions? Well, it's up to you. Whatever you feel like asking. Of course, the better the questions, the better the game. Uh, I don't know. Why? You got so much to hide? No. Look, you guys, this game can get pretty intense. The more intense, the better. First and foremost, before we get into this game, I just want to say this girl is a fucking smoke city. Uh, Yeah, she injected a little lifeblood into this crew. I have been watching fucking 13 episodes of Beverly Hills 90210 and had zero attraction to any of the females in the show for the first time on any of the teen shows that we've done, I have been not turned up. Not a big Tori Spelling fan? I... <laughs> I've just been craving a good-looking girl to come onto this cast. The guys in Beverly Hills 90210 are so much hotter than the girls. <laughs> what? There has not been a single show that we've done where we've been able to say that. One Tree Hill, no, the girls were hotter than the guys. OC, same thing. Dawson's Creek, same thing. Dawson's Creek, Dawson, and fucking Pacey. Dawson's a, a, a four. Dawson's a four at best. So, like, we're so used to seeing these girls who are so attractive. But I genuinely, genuinely think that Luke Perry and Jason Priestley and Brian Austin Green are on a different attraction level than Shannon Doherty. Tori Spelling? I mean, wake me up, dude, when we get to an attractive one. <laughs> God, it's going to be fun editing that down. Good luck. Fucking good luck. Fun editing that chauvinism down. Um, okay, but this Amanda girl, to get back to being positive on how all girls are super awesome and attractive. We love this, we love girls. We love you, ladies. We love you, lady kids. Uh <laughs> Amanda is checks all my boxes. She's doing it. She, I mean, 
yeah, she comes in. She's rocking like a... I mean, she's like ready to go to the party. Everybody else is in slumber party mode. We don't really know how or why she gets invited. I don't even care what she's wearing, dude. She's she's a loose... Well, to answer your question, she, she's a loose cannon and a loose connection to Kelly. Right, right. She's a rich, pretentious rich bitch. She comes in. She's trying to get Kelly to go to a frat party. Yeah. Kelly's like, these are my girls. I promise I'm going to do a sleepover. Kelly is super rich and cool and hot and she hangs out with cool rich hot girls like Amanda the ringer who comes in and the whole premise is like Brenda and Tori Spelling and these other girls Andrea they're pulling Kelly the cool hot rich girl in with the non-cools right and so they bring this ringer in Amanda and she's like Kelly what are you doing hanging out with these fucking peasants they're non-cools these are non-cools these are non-cool peasants in Beverly Hills party with the cools so let's describe Amanda. Um, checks all my boxes. Curly hair. Curly hair. Kind of mean. Uh, really mean. Really mean. Love She's that. She's kind of a villain, I will say. <laughs> Huge bitch. Yeah. Horrible attitude. I love her bad <laughs> attitude. Um, raspy voice. Sign me up. And these full, luscious lips. Again. If it's a crime to like big, luscious lips... I guess lock me the fuck up. She comes in and yeah, horrible attitude. And she, she starts this game of like, you know, it'd be fun ladies. Hey girls, let's play a game where we all get really uncomfortable and super emotional and deep and have to give all of our deepest, darkest secrets and, and just dig into like our really, 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 really low self-esteem. This game should just be called picking open scabs. Yeah. And then just like stabbing them with a fucking lead number two pencil while uh-huh. you're at it. And pouring some salt in there. Yeah, yeah pour some salt in it. I mean, I think the main point though is that ringer is needed to fucking get that fondue pot churning. Yeah, those girls were going to hang out the rest of the night just being like having a good time, dancing, eating ice cream. Right. Watching movies. It's going to be surface level. Not a TV. Like good time. Totally fun hang. Yeah. Like. I'd want to get involved in something like that, but sure. not a good TV episode. No. So you need, you need a ringer. You need a wild card to start things. They up. did it in uh, Dawson's Creek, and we did that episode on our podcast where they did an homage to a Breakfast Club where they had that girl come in. By the way, that girl totally got killed off in later seasons of Dawson's Creek. Really? Yeah. Um, they ended up making her like she was no longer a D character. They made her like a B-level character in the story. And, uh, yeah, her and Jen just got super drunk one night on the pier, and then she fell off the pier and just drowned to death. Oof. Yeah. It was fucked up. By the way, um, just less, I, I just want to say this on Dawson's Creek, because um, I don't think I've said it on the pod. I continued watching Dawson's Creek after we did our season one podcast, and seasons one and two are garbage, but... Seasons three and four of Dawson's Creek are some of the best TV seasons I've ever seen in my life. It rivals season one and two of the OC. That's a high watermark. Yeah, I'm not kidding. It It's fucking amazing. So kids, disregard all of our Dawson's Creek pods on, on season one and just start off on season three because it's amazing. Okay, should we get back to Brandon and Steve? Yeah, let's do it. And while we're doing that, I want to give my MCITW of the week. If you had to guess, who would you guess it's going to, Pat? This week? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say Brandon. No, you're incorrect. Damn it. So this week on the Vicarious Living Podcast, the MCITW, that is Immersed Cooper, is the worst of the week. And that is brought to you by Wicklow Wear. W-I-C-K-L-O-W Wear. Be free and explore it all your outdoor gear at WicklowWear.com. Type in the promo code VL. Check out get 10% off of your order. $30 on the baseball tees, $20 on the tanks, $40 on the hooded sweatshirts. Get out of us on Instagram. Kids, if you want our swag, it does actually, for the first time in VL podcast history, not go to any individual character. Pipes. Whoa, who's yeah. this go to? This is a twist. Music time. It goes to this background music. <laughs> <laughs> the background music. Well they fucking. 
pipe this fucking shit in. The reason I thought about this when we went back to Brandon and Steve is because there's a scene where Steve starts crying. So let's back up a quick step. Oh, yeah. Let's stop the music. Back up. Explain the context why Steve is crying. So, as I mentioned before, uh, Steve and Brandon are on a boys' night. They go to a Hollywood club that they're not old enough to get into called Floodlights. They drive Steve's Corvette there, get carted out of the door, aren't allowed to get in. Yeah. They're sitting in Steve's Corvette, and uh, these two, like... um, Prostitutes. Seemingly, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) These two women walk up to their car, and they're like, what are you guys doing? Like, yeah, whatever, let's ride with you. So these two girls jump into this two-seater sports car. With They're dressed Steve. like Julia Roberts at the beginning of... Yeah, I have written in my notes, uh, Hollywood trash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're wearing like fishnet stockings What's and fucking movie? garter belts. Pretty woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. The girls want to get in the in the car and go drive and like party with Brandon and Steve all night for some reason. We don't know. We're like, this is weird. This they think that right. Steve's ri- a rich, hot guy because he's driving a right. fucking, it's his mom's car, but. So they're driving around this Corvette. It's a two-seater, not much room. The girl, all four of them are like somehow squeezed in it and they're like making out with the two guys. I know. And it's just, I have written down that just like a little too close. Like. Let, let's let's say in a world me and you were both making out not with each other mm-hmm. what's a comfortable distance that you'd like those to those two separate makeout sessions to be happening so you're making out with intern whitney and i'm making yes. out with anna from hr and exactly. she's she's letting it all slide in terms of like making out with the talent you know mm-hmm. the podcast studio right, right, right. and she's like letting yeah. that that taboo slide looking the other way um 75 meters yeah at least a whole football field for me <laughs> the, 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 cubic meters this would be literally like we were both sitting on a love seat together all four of us just hardcore making out so they're so close making out with each with Everybody's the girls touching. everyone's touching. brandon's like, back is to the back of the girl who's making out with steve so they're physically touching yes I just um, had to point that out because it was strange. So let's fast forward. They get they get conned. Essentially, these girls, guess what? They're actually not in it for uh, like hangs with uh, these high school kids. <laughs> um, in reality, they do this whole setup where they con the guys and they steal they steal Steve's car. And so after Steve's car gets stolen, that's to go all the way back for the MCITW. Why he's crying in the parking lot because he's upset that his car got stolen and oh by the way he's not going to have sex with this girl tonight so that sucks and he's probably got a weird explanation that he now has to give his mom Mm -hmm. tough so go back to the music pipe it in this shit's playing at any emotional scene in this show and it's not doing it for me i'm not understanding like i know i'm a 2019 guy so like i guess 90s tones are not resonating with me but like they start playing this music 30 seconds before the emotional scene happens so like it pisses me off because now you preemptively see it coming and it's like oh okay the music started i guess we know brenda's gonna start crying in 27 seconds yeah it's uh we've taught we've compared it before to the laugh track and uh, like yeah, a weird it's comedy. fucking gratuitous. It like cues you to have emotions, and then you can't tell whether the acting isn't good, or whether the music is throwing you off, or whether the music is there because the acting isn't good and can't like support what's going on emotionally. So it just confuses the whole fucking thing. But to your point, this episode is relentless with it. I'm just, I'm over it, dude. I'm, it's like. I'm pissed off that going back and watching these old shows that like no one figured out until the office with, you know, in 2000 and, you know, nine with on NBC that you don't need to use background music this way to achieve the emotional reaction from the audience that you fucking want. Do you know what I'm really curious to see? Like, like awesome movies or awesome scenes that really do it for me emotionally and see what's going on background sound wise like goodwill hunting you know that scene where him and robin williams are getting super emotional oh yeah you know see what i'm talking about yeah i do 
I wonder what's going on background-wise. Because it's Robin Williams and Matt Damon that are cueing me into the emotion. Should I just play it? Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I I might get completely proved wrong. Maybe there's some emotional Let's music play it on live there. on the pod and see what happens. Hey, Will. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. I know. No, no, you don't. It's not your fault. Hmm? I know. It's not your fault. All right? It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Don't fuck with me. It's not your fault. Okay, so for me, um, that was way more powerful. Yeah, <laughs> because it it's raw. It was yeah. raw as fuck. Just stark. Nothing. There was nothing played until mid hug at the very end with Robin Williams and Matt Damon. That's when they started. They piped in like a like a was that just like, like a little just some some strings, strings. yeah, yeah some at the strings. very end. And it's just like they waited until the actors did they have the lifting of bringing all the emotion, and then when it like the tension reached a breaking point, they hug and then the little music is allowed in. It's like tasteful. It's yeah, it's subtle. And it's tasteful. And again, I just go back to, look, why dumb the audience down to the lowest common denominator? Dude, <laughs> fucking, I don't know. I just, when I watch a Good Will Hunting scene, I, it feels so much more raw and real. And I feel like the audience, you are so much more connected because everyone can relate to that so much better than, oh shit, that music's coming in. Now I need to wait for 27 seconds, and then I know that there'll be a big emotional breakdown. Steve's going to cry about his car. Yeah. So with that, fuck you, CBS and Fox, for dumbing shit down to the lowest common denominator. Two podcasters sitting here in this podcast studio are not the lowest common denominator. We're a rung above. Barely, but we're a rung above. Mm -hmm. Be free and explore. Brought to you by Wicklower. Okay, go ahead. Nice. Um, for a second there, so <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, but it was bugging me enough that I thought maybe you were going to make him your MCITW. Steve? My, no, my guess was Brandon when you asked me. Oh. And it was because of how like weirdly smug he was being about the whole situation. He was acting like he also didn't get completely fucking scammed. Yeah. It, <sighs> like he was just like laughing at Steve. Like, yeah. like, oh my god, dude, you fucking got schooled. They're not coming back with your car. Didn't empathize at all. <laughs> no empathy. It's like, it's like, dude, we're in this together. We both got scammed. Like, I was driving you around, so that's why they stole my car. But, right. like, I didn't see you pumping the brakes. Right. You were touching my arm while we were both making out with these yeah. girls. Yeah, it, no empathy by Brandon. So for whatever reason, it was bothering me that he was up in the, like some weird ivory tower at Steve's lowest moment. I got to say, Brandon is always like the best nickname we had for him was Wet Blanket Brandon because he's always on this pedestal, like judging. He's a little smug. He's smug as fuck, dude. He's the smuggest minnesota kid moving to fucking beverly hills that i've ever seen on a teen drama tv I mean, show yeah he, i mean he had that famous minnesota smugness that everybody talks about i kind of want brandon to like get fucked a lot of the time you know like just bounce dude like he did that with dylan a lot as we talked about on this pod like where i was like dude brandon fuck off your high horse dude fuck off man um, yeah, I'm not a big Brandon guy, if I'm going to be completely honest. Also, where the fuck is Dylan? Where the fuck is he? Do you know who could have gotten them out of this jam? Dylan. Dylan. Easily. I mean, Dylan, he has not shown up in an episode. So this, like, I don't know why. Like, I, I was asking you if, if they just use him in pieces and places. I don't know if it's like he had like a conflict with scheduling or if what happened. But, like, this is where... You fold Dylan in, and it's like they're trying to solve this car thing, and it's like 
He well, it's called it. Dylan, and he's like, "Oh, I know these girls. Oh, tre- like I've had a run in with these girls. Like, oh, yeah. I know." And then it's like the crew's together. They're fucking Dylan's getting these guys out of a jam, but instead he's just not in the episode. It doesn't make sense. It frustrates me. Uh, what they were doing was it was like they legitimately did twenty-seven hour-long episodes some of these seasons. Like that's how many they did. So they did all these one-offs of like, okay, you know what? Dylan gets a break. So Dylan's not in it. Parents aren't in it. Steve's not in it. Brian Austin Green, see ya. And it's just, it's gonna. This is gonna be a an emotional breakdown for Kelly episode. And I think it just coincidentally happened on like the best episodes from season one that we looked up on our list coincided with like Kelly breakdowns. So for us, the last two podcasts are mostly just on these Kelly breakdown episodes. Pretty sweet gig though, if you're an actor back then. Like, yeah, you get to be in the show. Yeah. Halfway, tons of vacation all time. Yeah, totally. So, from what I was gathering on Dawson's Creek when I was doing my digging, I found out that at least on that show, it always took like a week to film one episode. So, I'm just going to use the same math and say it takes a week to film any episode on a teen drama by that. I like that. So, yeah, got to be nice where it's like, you know what, three weeks of actual work, and then I just get a week off. And yeah, then, I'm gonna go do cocaine with um yeah fucking Courtney Love Courtney Love and Drew Barrymore yeah on the, fuck uh, it L A strip dude Drew Barrymore's like fucking right in that window of she's eight years uh, off of E T and before she got into doing like Fever Pitch with uh <laughs> um Jimmy Fallon so she's just gonna literally she's in her cocaine phase so yeah. let's call her up call her up but yeah so. A, actually, a good storyline would be they call Dylan. Dylan helps him out of the jam. Yep. The actual way they get out of it is by calling the cops. Pussies. Fucking cops aren't going to do anything to help, apparently. But these two girls get picked up for speeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so they get brought into the police station. Okay, now let's pause on them and go back to the ladies um, at the slumber party. We just got to touch on it because this is what this episode is famous for, but... I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because we just did a whole podcast on Kelly having an emotional breakdown, and I don't want to do two of our four Beverly Hills podcasts on Kelly being emotional. She gets emotional in this one because when they're doing the skeletons in the closet game, when it comes to her, apparently it comes out that the first time that she had sex with a dude, he took her into the fucking woods and it was just a full-on, like... I think the scenario she laid out was the guy... She had a crush on this guy the whole year. He was, like, an older guy. Football star, jock. Took her to the woods and, uh... Forced her into sex. That's what she said. Forced yeah, her into sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an emotional moment for her. She went on a whole deep dive. And that was the first time that she had sex. I thought, though, there was another... There was a bunch of other interesting ones just to get off Kelly because again we spent so much time on her on the last podcast from the other girls where um, they're talking about like let's play a clip of I just thought this was funny where Amanda that ringer is ruthlessly going after Andrea trying to get her to like talk about having a crush on Brandon and stuff first of all one of her first questions is why do they call you Andrea and she like puts her on this weird spot which actually I kind of have the same question myself yeah she just wants to be different. She's not an Andrea. She's an Andrea. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you have a sister. I just put that together. Yeah. Who goes by Andrea. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I guess I should recommend to her, if she really wants to differentiate herself, she should switch it over to Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let her know, dude. Is she still listening to the pod or is she bounced? We'll find out. <laughs> um, Andrea, if you hear this, uh, hit us up by carrieslivingpod at gmail.com. You know where to find us. So let's let's play a clip of what Amanda's going after Andrea for. Well, if you could sleep with any guy in school, who would it be? Come on, you guys. I can't answer that. Yeah, you can. I get a... Uh... I, I guess it would have to be um, Brandon. No, 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 not Brandon. No, it. What is this? I told you, Brandon is just a friend. I do not want to sleep with him. Wait a second. Is this the same guy you're always walking around the halls with, batting your big cow eyes at every day? What are you talking about? <laughs> 
a life, Andrea. The whole school knows. Not that they care. Oh, classic line. The whole school knows. Not that they care. So ruthless. By the way, I can I just say to go back to Kelly really quick on this and, and juxtapose it with this. I get so much more enjoyment out of watching the mean bitch, Amanda, just shit on Andrea's entire life over the course of like two or three backhanded statements that are nothing statements. I get so much more enjoyment out of just watching this mean bitch shit on Andrea for something as meaningless as if she has a crush on this guy. (laughs) But, um... I do like the saying, though, of, like, everyone in the school knows. Not like anyone gives a fuck. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's the best. Like, not, yeah, not only, like, you're, like, you should be embarrassed, and also you're nothing. Yeah, fuck right off. I am so much better than you. I, I get, dude, a mean bitch to me is just, like, I don't know how many times I'm going to say it on this podcast, but. It's your kryptonite. It's my kryptonite, dude. I, I know, I, all I kept thinking about when I was watching that episode, honestly, was if I was at a party with all these girls, I would just be nonstop trying to get with the bitch who... Have we ever told the story about the meanest girl we've ever met? No, I don't think we have. Oh my God. that Nothing that will stick amazing. in my memory harder than when you... There, were we in Panama? Yeah, one of the spring break or senior yeah. trip. Yeah, and there's this girl there that nobody really knew, but she just had the she had the exact attitude as Amanda. She's so hot and so, so mean, fucking dude. mean. Uh, and I just remember, like, you were just having a good time. I don't even know what you're saying. You weren't being offensive. You I were was just... probably trying to get with her, like trying to be funny probably. and like, trying to get with her. And I just remember her looking at you and just going, "Oh." So you're the funny one? Like, that's your thing? <laughs> Is that what you said? She said something like that. And um, I'm... Like, instead... Like, you told a joke. You were trying to be funny. Yeah. Clearly. Yes. Trying to get a laugh. And she just came at you with that. And it literally... The record scratched at the party. I was so turned on. <laughs> no. But, like, how do you get out of that? It's like, yeah. I get... It's funny because, like, I feel like... I talk a lot and I always like have something at the ready for like <laughs> if something happens I usually just always have something chambered to get out of it and I think we've talked about this like I feel like one of my strengths is like getting out of like jams like bad jams like right, that I right, get right, myself right. in but that was like one of those rare times in my life where I was just so speechless yeah, because it like the way we're saying it right now, it sounds like maybe she was intending for it to be like banter. Or no, something. no, no. You it had to see her face. So she was pure disgust gross. on her face. Yeah, just gross. Oh. She was so like indignant that I would even think to talk to her, and then let alone like make a joke, like the comic relief guy, like coming in to make a joke. Like, oh, you're the funny thing. guy in this. And th- this what that's your thing, right? Yeah. You're just like the funny guy telling yeah. jokes, making everyone laugh. That's oh, what you do? Okay, that's your thing? Yeah. Oh, dude, she was so... I wonder what she's up to now. <laughs> she's probably like in a gut or something. <laughs> <laughs> like a heroin addict. <laughs> but dude, in that moment, fuck, I, I... Yeah, she called me out on my shit. She said, you're the funny guy? That, that's what you do. You make jokes, everyone laughs, and everyone like has a good time, and then you kind of just like sit back, and like you get a real... You get a lot of enjoyment out of everyone laughing at your shit. That's you. That's you. And I was just like... Ah. <laughs> Dude, oh, yeah, we should figure out what she's up to because damn was I turned on in that moment by how mean she was. Um, yeah, tough, tough for me in that moment. <laughs> hey, you bounce back. Yeah, bounce hey, back. look who's laughing now. You got a uh, podcast. Oh, that's so true. Um, okay, so let's just get to what la- last thing we'll say at this uh, girl party and then we'll wrap it up. We'll We'll hit the guys and then we'll wrap up. Let's play a clip because this actually turned a little weird for me when um, Brenda apparently now is dating Dylan. Right. Who is not to be seen in the last two episodes. No. But her and Dylan got together. And so now that Brenda's dating Dylan, we find out at this Skeletons in the Closet slumber party that... 
Kelly made a run at Dylan after Brenda and Dylan got together. Here's the clip of uh, this all unfolding. Brenda, I have a confession to make to you. What? After you started going out with Dylan, I tried to get a date with him. What? Brenda, I have always liked him, and he was flirting with me all last year before you moved here. Did you ever go out with him? No. Well, obviously he wasn't interested. Okay, Brenda. I get the picture. I was just trying to be honest, but I... You know, I thought after what you said, you would understand. What? Understand that you were putting the moves on my boyfriend? Look, just forget it, all right? You know, ever since you started going out with Dylan, you have developed this side of your personality that is completely unbearable. Donna, is that true? Well, you have become a little stuck up. Me? Uh, got tense there for a second. Yeah, just a And when I moment. say a second, I literally mean a second. <laughs> yeah, so hold like off. On one one thousand. Hold on, hold on. Don't get into that. Don't <laughs> don't get into that yet, because. I first want to talk about just how weird it would be if you're doing a skeletons in the closet game and then you're sitting there and one of your really good friends goes like, oh, by the way, let's 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 play this out. Um, We're playing skeletons in the closet. Oh, I love this game. Uh, Yeah. Perfect. Fun game. We learn so much about each other. So you just pour your heart out or whatever on some bullshit. And then I I chime in. Hey, Pat. Mm hmm. By the way, I'm still a little tender from just revealing my heart to you guys. So. Mm, right. Go ahead. I get it. We're all in the in the circle mm-hmm. of trust. The trust circle yeah, 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 in the yeah, nest. Yeah, yeah. Q. Will Ferrell from Old School. What? I thought we were in the trust tree with in the nest. Are we not? We are. Okay. We are. It's okay. Mm? We are. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay. Please, continue. That's what we're in. We're in the... the the nest. Yeah, we're trust. at the uh, women's conference slash summer party. Cool, cool. So uh-huh. I just want to quickly say that, like, obviously it's not a huge deal or anything, but I just want you to know, like, two Tuesdays ago when we were recording the podcast, right, um, right, right. I think it was definitely over at your place because intern Whitney was there, mm-hmm. and uh, to- again, totally not a big deal, but just so we're on the same page, and then we can quickly get over this. Um, when you went into the bathroom, when we paused the show... Right. No, I remember that. Is about 42 minutes in, you paused it because you said you had to go take a shit, mm-hmm. and you went into the bathroom. When you were in there for five and a half minutes taking a dump... Right. Um, I did come on to intern Whitney on the couch pretty hard and aggressively. Okay, now what would you like me to do with this information in like a perfect world? Again, keep in mind we are in the nest. Right, right. Of trust. No, we're still in the nest. Um, I mean, you'll probably be pissed for a quick second and then... I'd assume get over it really quick. Right, I try no, to hook up I'm with your mad wife. now, but I see this anger simmering out in, in a solid five to seven seconds. So, okay, cool. Let and just, let me just deal with it. Okay. Okay. While you're dealing with it, I just want to say that, like, while I was trying to hook up with intern Whitney for like a quick two or three seconds period, I don't feel like she hated it back. Right. Okay. No, that makes so sense. So it might be a bigger um, issue, not just like with our podcast dynamic on me trying to hook up with your wife right. while you're taking a shit in the bathroom. Probably got some marital issues. I right. I think there's, there out. might, yeah, because like she definitely like, she seemed kind of into it and she made like a statement of like, hurry up before my husband comes back from like wiping his ass. Right. Right. So now the important thing here, and I mean, this is a number one importance. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel bad about it? Oh, totally. Okay. And, and so you're sorry. You are sorry. Kind of. Oh, okay. Like just like 10% sorry or like more like 75% somewhere, somewhere in like the 13% range. But okay. like, um, I guess follow up question. Would <clears throat> you, would you do it again? How bad do you need to take a shit next time we pod? Because I guess probably, that's going to dictate I, if I do it again. Yeah, I probably will be doing that again. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Now let's just fast forward to 40 seconds from now when you completely do a 180 and forgive me like uh, 
Kelly did with Brenda. You know what? Thanks for telling me. I feel like that brought us closer together as friends and podcasters. No problem. I'm definitely going to continue trying to hook up with your wife, the intern. Cool. Next time I have to take a shit during the pod, I'll be totally at ease. <laughs> it's just Again, it goes back to... It kind of sucks that... In 1990, with teen dramas, the whole premise was you have to button up every storyline. <laughs> because after they did that, there was t- the quickest 180 forgiveness I've ever seen in my life. Do you know what, though? Do you know what my theory is? I feel like it was a spiteful forgiveness. Like a, f- like a forgiveness driven purely out of spite against Amanda. Let's play the clip and let the kids decide. Brenda, I'm sorry. I would never try and steal Dylan from you. I lost one best friend because I'm some stupid guy. I'm not going to lose two. Thanks. So, I think Brenda, if Amanda wasn't there egging the whole thing on, might have let that anger seep in a little bit longer. But her whole thing was, I fucking hate this Amanda chick so bad that I'm about to just forgive you in her face. I'm going to throw my forgiveness to you in her face. And then was that so that Kelly would forgive Amanda? No, that I don't I, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Yeah, that was a weird curveball at the end. That was, that was a weird twist. But no, I, I think it was just like Brenda was like, all right, that sucks, but it doesn't suck as bad as me losing to Amanda in this duel that we've been doing. So I'm going to aggressively forgive you in her face. I can see that. It definitely seemed like there was a jive with you. Yeah, I can see that because it seemed like there was a lot of baggage in the Amanda Kelly friendship that I would really like to just have a whole episode dedicated to their dynamic. Yeah. Um, Last thing we'll say on this just because I love this Amanda Ringer who was brought in, is the episode just ends where she leaves her purse there, the girls drop her purse, and at least 5,000 diet pills Uh fucking come flying out of the purse. (laughs) She's got a diet pill skeleton in her closet. And then again, they th- she comes back and they confront her about her uh, addiction to diet pills. And then just like with the Brenda Kelly sh- situation, Amanda forgives them for yeah. going through all of her things. Yeah, it's just a big old forgiveness pile. <laughs> and it just ends with, oh... Amanda's totally over her eating um, her eating disorder and uh, this these massive issues that she's having like internally with like self-esteem and all this stuff. Totally cool. And she just says, hey, you know what, Andrea, why don't you grab me a bunch of chocolate cookies in your way into the kitchen? <laughs> that was a weird, weird button up ending. OK, should we go back to the guys? Last last plot point. Hit sure. the guys one more time. Let's do it. So. The guys realize when they're at the police station that they got scammed. Hard. The police catch the girls, like you mentioned, because they caught them for speeding. They bring them down to the station. Los Angeles is a pretty small town. (laughs) (laughs) So it makes sense how this would all kind of happen like that. And um, let's play a final clip of uh, what I I thought was funny. Here it is. Steve, we got scammed. But you know what? I had a blast, man. <laughs> sure beats a hell out of a slumber party. Sure does. Fuck it. We had a great time. <laughs> and I was like, I was just laughing at that because it actually kind of rang true for me because I was like, you know what? I think unintentionally they did hit something that is kind of true, which, dude, we all know this. Life, it's all about the journey. Mm-hmm. It's not about the end result. It's not about where you net out. Life is about the journey. Sure, you didn't have an orgy and a Corvette together tonight. It yeah. just didn't shake out that way. It didn't. But you were still on that journey. You became a lot closer with Steve in the process. You learned some life lessons. By the way, should we add in real quick that um, after these girls get arrested for speeding, um, they are somehow hanging out in the police office with Station. the two girls, Brendan and Steve, and... The blonde girl convinces Steve yeah. that, I don't know how she does it. I guess she's like making eyes at him again. She's like, can you bail me out? Basically, point is, Steve bails her out for the whole speeding thing. 
to get her number. I know. And she just gives him like a coupon or something, no number. So they get double scammed. Yeah. It's like, dude, we said this before. If you're a hot, 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 smoking hot chick. Yes. Life would be so easy and amazing. Be awesome. You just you fucking do and get away with whatever you want. And just, there is so many idiot dudes that will just. A lot of Steves out there. Oh my God. Are there so many idiot Steves out there? Just completely let you get away with whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing. Okay. Should we wrap it up with your MVP? Let's do it. And who is this brought to the kids by? We got a new sponsor on board. Mm-hmm. The sponsor is the industry of Japanese denim. Mm-hmm. We're importing that denim in from Japan, and we're wearing it on our legs. Yep. So what I want to tell you, actually, I actually have a question for you. Yeah. Do you like stiff jeans? I hate stiff jeans. I fucking hate it. I love soft jeans that feel kind of like sweatpants. Do you like jeans that make your legs look bad? No, I like my jeans that make my legs look good, Pat. Neither do I. That's why I only wear Japanese denim. (laughs) Oh, you do? (laughs) Only, exclusively. At this podcast, we are big proponents of Japanese denim. Yep. Uh, the Japanese Denim Lobby is funneling a shitload of money to this pod. Yep, a so lot. obviously we'll be pumping them up as much as possible. And I just want to say Japanese Denim, Japanese made, podcaster approved. <laughs> this week's <laughs> MVP brought to you as always by Japanese Denim is Amanda. Damn, no on this yes. One. No so brainer on happy. this one. Thank God. So, obviously, she is one of the most villainous characters we've seen I love guest it. spot on a teen drama. I need more villains in this show. But with lines like, at the end, after the whole skeletons in the closet thing, before she leaves, when they try to get her to do her skeletons in the closet, and she says, I wouldn't tell you anything private about myself, and then just bails. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit. Um, we needed her to inject some like life energy into this kind of stale friend crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this lame-ass friend crew that just needs someone to mix it the fuck up. And I feel like I'm too guilty sometimes of just giving the most likable character of the episode the MVP, but that's not the heart of what we're talking about here. That's the guy or girl that stirs the drama up. Amanda is getting it. She was fucking stirring her pants off, dude. She's like, She had three TDs at least. At least three TDs, at least 47 points. She's fucking Betty Crocker, dude. Just churning that butter. Churn. Churn. Churn and butter, Amanda. I am going to be so disappointed when we go back to Beverly Hills and she is just no longer in the mix because I loved having this super attractive smoke show villain bitch with a horrible attitude just coming in and just like fucking blowing this scene up. It was amazing. Love it. Once again, that is the MVP, Amanda, brought to you by... Japanese denim. Japanese denim. We love it. We would wear nothing else. Kids, it'd be great for the kids while they're tucking in, while they're getting ready for bed. Throw that Japanese denim on. Wear it as PJs. It's the most comfortable fucking attire that you'll ever get, kids. And it'll give you the most comfortable night sleep so while you're doing that you sleep tight you have a really good night sleep you stay safe kids and pat clear eyes full hearts do less in your japanese denim kids do it less you can follow us on instagram at vicarious living podcast and listen to all of our episodes on itunes stitcher or soundcloud You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.